Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. It is June 22nd. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Nadine Blaney. Topsy-turvy Wednesday, isn't it? So I thought we'd go in uh, roll reverse here. How, yeah. was, how was your day? My day was pretty pretty good, thank you. Uh, listen, yeah, I feel sort of out of sorts being on the other end of the desk, but this should be fun. Um, Scotty, what actually happened by the end of the day? Not a, not a whole heck of a lot at an index level. Yeah, uh, there were some big moves underneath the surface that we'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me was just how disappointing again uh, and, uh, people say and people remind us of the time we talk on the program about bear markets and they're like we're not in a bear market in Australia well we know that but I tell you what it bloody well feels like one it's just any reason to go and sell at the moment there's a reason any reason to go sell and uh, really sort of keying on to what's happening in the Asian region so it's not like hey we've got a great night in Wall Street you know let's run with it mm-hmm. it's very much more specific than that in my observation and uh, really in tune with what's happening in the Asian region. I mean, as always, but, you know, Chinese markets were showing signs of life earlier in the week, today down, and that seems to have dented sentiment as well. You know, the U.S. futures at time of recording are down. But to your point, lots going on under the surface because... While we saw Dalian Iron Ore, I think, what was it, uh, six, 16 week lows? Yeah, 16 week lows. Um, still, by the end of the session. Oh, it's getting even uglier now. It's uh, down 5.2%. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pounding. Uh, <laughs> that's well, Fortescue flatlined it pretty much by the end of the session. So, that was just in the past sort of hour of trades. Saw the selling coming through in Fortescue. But yeah. uh, BHP and Rio are still positive. Yeah, and uh, look, one of the remarkable things today, and maybe it reflects what we saw yesterday, is that uh, no, some of the top performers on the other uh, market, we'll start with some of the positive I know moves today. Oh, the co- so you you we're, are really playing yeah, because they're, you're they're optimistic. We're the, we're the coal miners. <laughs> now, they got smashed yesterday, so it's going to be put in that context. But of course, uh, Queensland's uh, no, royalty hike increase um, a lot larger than what many people were expecting at the moment. And uh, clearly having an impact uh, not only on the share prices, but you know, broader uh, sentiment towards investment in the space and don't know the outlook for coal in this country. Yeah, we had a conversation with David Lennox from Fat Profits. He does not see the royalty being brought in by Queensland, which was by a lot of estimations higher than you know anybody had really expected. He doesn't really see that taking the whole wind out of the sails of the coal market in general here in Australia. But he does say that some of those companies will look to other states and to producing in other states to make up and to take away from some of that uh, coming through in Queensland. But, uh, you know, I've read sort of other other sort of analysis of it saying that it really doesn't make any difference, that BHP's got um, wet weather, you know, to make up for and a whole bunch of other reasons. So we won't actually see production fall in Queensland. But um, as you and I were sort of commenting on, it's it's this tendency uh, particularly when budgets need repair, particularly when uh, commodity prices are going very strong, um, to you know look to tap the miners 
for those royalties taxes. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it, some might go and argue it's opportunistic. Some might say, well, it's, uh, it's our coal. It's the other Australian people's coal that's in the ground, so we're allowed to go and do what we want with it. But uh, certainly creates you know, a few challenges there. We're talking about operational arbitrage, potentially we might go and see across the various state lines at the moment. Also, I know some of those risks about investment. You know, you're going put a, a lot of money into the, you know, these mines and uh, infrastructure required for them and then all of a sudden have your profitability smashed and, uh, and no real consultation with the industry by government. It does create a bit of a risk out there. I did notice a note today from UBS saying that uh, no, there could be the potential for similar moves in other commodities and they did happen to go and mention iron ore ahead of the federal budget which of course is slated on later this year uh, from the new Labor government. So sticking with that coal space though uh, we thought it would be a pretty opportune time in the moment to sit down and get a view of the broader coal sector in light of that news. So uh, Koshi was back in the driving seat today mm. on the call fresh from gloating about Port Adelaide's uh, smashing of the Sydney Swans <laughs> on the weekend which will be no longer talked about after this and so he went and asked the, uh, no, the boys uh, Josh Barker from Macro Capital and Carl Kapalingua from Think Markets their views on the coal sector in way to this news. Probably the most impacted is going to be the smaller companies that do have a lot more exposure to the, the Queensland area, um, such as Deterra, uh, also have Stanmore and uh, uh, Conorado Global. So those are, those are the smaller plays that obviously don't have such as healthy profit margins and also other commodities to protect their earnings as well. Right. Uh, they're going to be most impacted by, by those plays as well. But for the time being, coal, coal stocks are up today. Well, more generally, I, mean, I still like coal stocks. I mean, the, the price of coal itself hasn't changed, so it's still trading around about $388, $390 a tonne. Um, and so we're still talking supersized profits. Of course, you know, politicians like to get their fingers on some of those profits when they're around. Um, and I, I guess maybe... Uh, so some of the problem is that if coal prices fell, then the royalties are still going to be there, right? And that's yeah. ultimately what the market needs to respond to. Um, but I, I still think they're going to move more on this supersized coal price than anything else. So King Coal still in vogue. Uh, more worried about you know, prices than uh, when it comes to royalties and the like. So yeah, uh, both the lads there liking the coal space for mm -hmm. the time being. Uh, look, at as we every do every day have some great chats here on the program. Uh, one of those was with Alex Leyland from Leyland Asset Management. And um, yeah, some boring buys, but uh, boring is good in these markets when everyone seems to be losing their dough. Uh, yeah, it came up with a good chat towards the close there today. Yeah, boring is beautiful. And he names a couple of companies, uh, one of which is in the commodities space. I'll give it away, BHP. You'll have to listen to it to get more. Um, but I just noticed a note come across my desk from Westpac um, well, written by Justin Smirk, who's often on Ausbiz with us on the live stream, ausbiz.com.au. But he's just uh, remarking that May was, you know, a volatile month for commodities, no clear overall trend. Um, so again, it's sort of reflecting what's happening at the index level. Best described as flat, but big swings, you know, within this. Yeah. No, China's uh, zero COVID it's is, China. Just, is, it's is zero just COVID. creating havoc. And uh, how can you have any certainty at the moment? Uh, I still stand by my original remarks earlier this year that it's uh, uninvestable until proven otherwise. And I know there's a lot of people wanting to get bullish, but yeah, it's difficult. Particularly on China tech right now. Yeah, d uh, difficult to get to know. Just such a moving beast at the moment. So yeah, good luck if you're in there. But I know, uh, be treading with caution there. I... Niv Dagan uh, was uh, joining today on the small caps. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, pretty pretty decent run there. Yeah, so he's just sort of um, 
casting his eye uh, around the, you know, the universe, I suppose. He landed on Canada, actually. There's a few people talking about retail sales in Canada. So the Canadian Central Bank has uh, lifted rates and uh, is continuing on a rate hiking cycle, but people are still spending. So he was sort of looking around the world and then also looked to New Zealand. We're having a lot of conversations about New Zealand and the impact of rate hikes there already. Um, and look, just sort of... Um, saying that he he doesn't believe that uh, further interest rate rises are going to necessarily push us into recession. He thinks that a lot of that, pr you know, a lot of the expectation is baked in, um, just on the commodities piece as well. He's still pretty positive on um, a few of those in the resources space, including lithium, and um, also, you know, some some of the bigger cap gold producers as well. Yeah, I know he operates a lot, likes to operate in that small cap space, but I heard him talking macro on the yeah. program. And my, my ears just pricked up and I was like, he's talking about Canadian retail sales. I was like, yeah, well, where's this going? And yeah, fascinating chat. So definitely well worth uh, having a click there on the show notes. Uh, also, uh, John Blanks uh, joined us on the program today. Uh, give me some uh, from Zach's Investments uh, Research, of course, a rundown of the uh, the big rally we saw on Wall Street overnight. Also some ideas as well as to uh, what he likes at the current juncture after that big drawdown we've seen in the U.S. equity market universe, which is probably a good little segue to go and uh, have a discussion about what we saw last night. Uh, coming off the back of a long weekend, um, it was... Uh, no, Tuesday was buy day. Uh, turnaround Tuesday, what do you want to call it? But yeah, some big gains coming through. Yeah, but you've got to question, again, I think taking us right back to the beginning of this podcast, whether these rallies have legs. You know, what's really mm. behind it? But one thing I think I've been thinking about and asking people about lately, Scotty, is just the fact that we still haven't seen a real capitulation when it comes to re uh, retail money coming mm. into the market. Um, we talked with a gent from Perler a uh, platform for young investors, but just trying to get, so it, are retail investors still buying uh, because we've been trained to buy the dip? Mm -hmm. Because there's still FOMO, fear of missing out if we do see, well, if we don't see a recession, you know, and if we yeah. do see, there's still, I think, some psychology that, that believes that, that we will see, you know, the Fed or whatever central banks step in if asset prices go too haywire. So I think it's just a really interesting um, sort of time in markets. Do you buy the dip well it's pretty risky right now do you mm. sell into the rallies um you know why what is that sort of trading psychology right now yeah it is a trading psychology at the moment but uh, my view today is uh, is all about uh, a tweet that i saw and uh it's a really great mechanism on occasions to go and get some ideas at the moment uh, and just the sheer breadth that we're seeing the other uh, sell down uh, in the uh, U.S. equity universe, tells me that there is some degree of capitulation going on at the moment, and uh, I wonder whether we might be due at least a short-term bounce, and maybe a pretty savage one as well. I know uh, today we're going and doing the podcast right now, and uh, U.S. futures are down 1.1 mm -hmm. percent or so. But uh, we've got Jay Powell, Jay Powell, UPL, UPA is going to yeah. be uh, no doing his thing on the Capitol Hill later on this evening. Uh, a lot of people are expecting you know, that hawkish rhetoric to be there. So any sign at all? I know that maybe that's uh, no starting to go and get a little bit of a, a wriggle room. Uh, certainly there's a catalyst there, potential there, given positioning, to go and spark a short-covering rally. So, yeah, something for everyone at the moment, uh, even in the marketplace, that trading mentality is well and truly uh, gripping these markets. Yeah, and it's not a cop-out, but I, I do feel like every day it could be anything. You know, like you really could. I mean, right now we've got E-minis and NASDAQ futures down more than a percent. 
you know. But does that mean that we won't see a bounce tonight? Yeah. No. I lost. You know? I lost count how many times last week that I uh, know the yeah. market was trying to go and preempt the, uh, the, the the buy the dip, and uh, I just got steamrolled into European and US trading. So yeah, that was I uh, know the, the topic du jour so many times in Asian trade. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep a close eye on that one. But uh, yeah, a lot still to go and come up on the program uh, later this week. Uh, yeah, what do you reckon? Should we call it now? Yeah, I think we should call it. There's not really any big data out tomorrow. I mean, there's an S&P Global PMI that comes through. There's a business conditions and sentiment report, but it's a monthly one. It's not It's not the NAB one. Um, you mentioned Jay Powell tonight. I mean, that's a big one. Uh, the semi-annual monetary policy testimony. We had some big company moves, so Zipco sort of toward the end of the session. Mm. Um, yeah, coming out with the trading update, trying to reassure markets. So there were some of those really big company moves yeah. under that sort of lackluster, yeah. uh, you know, ne- lackluster but negative. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. It was a negative finish with the uh, the S and P SX two hundred down by about a quarter of a percent. Yeah, so yeah, disappointing moves there. And a lot of those I know names have been hit really hard over the course of this year as well. So tax loss selling might be a feature coming yeah. through in some of those names. So yeah. could could explain the magnitude of some of the falls we saw. But yeah, really interesting reaction to that trading update. Uh, just accelerated the selling pressure. Terrible. Uh, and and just as a PS, I know that everybody wants to get going, but um, you know, as we record, so approaching five o'clock here in Sydney, we've got crude futures absolutely tanking, dropping more than five dollars to that $104 per barrel level, as well as Brent crude as well. So it's all happening, Scotty. It is. It's uh, looking forward to tomorrow. We've got uh, you know, Daniel Ayers and Wedbush coming on. So always great to go and get his views about that, particularly that tech universe at the moment, uh, offering some ideas out there. Kerry Craig from JP Morgan will also be on the program, going kicking off things tomorrow at 8.30 as well. So, yeah, plenty more great guests going to be on the program tomorrow. Make sure you go and tune in. We'll be on air at 8.30 a.m. And remember, you can catch up on all the uh, great content here on the site, ausbiz.com.au. I think we've got to wrap it up there. Have a good night. Yeah, you too.